Your world, your challenges, your faith. When faith within engages the world without, there's power. It's living life from the inside out. We want to help when a friend is hurting, but most of us just don't know how. So, so what do we do? Well, we're going to talk about that today on Family Life's Inside Out, where we look at how God transforms His people, that's right, from the inside out. I'm Martha Manikas Foster, and my guest today is Vanitha Rendell Reisner, who writes to encourage people in pain to turn to Christ. Welcome, Vanitha, to Inside Out. Thank you, Martha. I'm so excited to be here. I have been looking forward to this conversation. Now, Vanitha, you know physical pain yourself, and, and emotional pain, too, and you've thought through how people can help their friends who are suffering. Your first encouragement is that we pray. What specifically would you recommend that we pray for? Well, I would say that we should pray for their needs, like their spiritual needs, their emotional needs, their physical needs, you know, that they would turn to the Lord and find peace. That's the biggest thing is just that they would find God in their suffering. And Mm -hmm. then just for the needs that they have, their daily strength, physical healing, that they would not be anxious, that they would be surrounded by caring friends. Mm -hmm. There's so many things we can pray for, but honestly, often I find myself saying, okay, just please help them today, which is fine that we're praying for them. But the more specific we start praying, the more specific we end up being. If we start with, hey, they're probably anxious, give them this. I feel like that helps us keep praying. Mm. And then I would say, when I talk about praying, pray for yourself that you would remember. I say to people, oh, I'm going to be praying for you, and then I forget, and Mm -hmm. I try to write it down, but I realize I can bring God into that, too, and say, God, I want to keep praying for Monica. Help me remember to do that. And so God does that so beautifully. Oh, that, that's wonderful. I mean, I currently have started my very first notebook to keep up with who I have said I would pray for, but to, in addition, ask God through His Holy Spirit to be the person reminding me, oh, that that's that's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do that all the time because I'm the worst at saying when I talk to somebody, I'll pray for you. And then I ask God when I walk away or I try to, like, help me to remember this. Bring them to mind at the right times. Too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you also recommend that we show up for hurting friends. And, and I don't know any compassionate person who would, would, would disagree with the value of that, but it can feel intimidating. Um, we don't want to say or we don't want to do the wrong thing. So what's what's the answer to that? I would say the answer is you don't need to say anything. I am often afraid of what I'm going to say. And honestly, I've said some of the things I, I, I want to pull back, which is, you know, God's going to use this. Like, don't, don't say that. Mm-hmm. Don't say at least. Don't say those things that maybe you think are going to be comforting. Like, at least you can have another child. Or there's so many things we say that I don't know why we say them mm-hmm. and that I say. I'm saying that to myself. So just show up. Just show up at their doorsteps. Go to the hospital. Sit in the waiting room. Ask them if they want company to go somewhere. Just be there. I joke that I like salty snacks and dark chocolate, but mm-hmm. you don't need to even bring that. Uh-huh. Jesus, we see him in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he just wanted his disciples with him. So presence is such a powerful thing. And so don't try to figure out what you're going to say. Just just be there. Mm-hmm. Say, and listen, That's those are the important things. I, I have this acronym that I call SLOW, and the first one is show up. And the second one is listen. Let people process, because 
in different stages of grief, we just want to talk about how we feel without being judged. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we hear our friends talk about, you know, I'm so angry or I'm so frustrated and we want to correct their theology or help them along. And really, most people just want somebody to listen. So I would say that's the second most important thing after you show up is just listen. And that's sort of the SL of slow. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful recommendations. Now, please give me a moment to um, welcome those people who are just starting to listen. And if you are just joining us, you're listening to Inside Out on Family Life. I'm talking today with Vanitha Rendell Reisner, author of the Desiring God article, Slow, S-L-O-W, How to Love Suffering People. Vanitha, when we say to a hurting friend, just let me know what you need, or just let us know what you need, I've learned that we're actually burdening them. We are actually giving them the responsibility of assigning us a task. But what's a better way to offer help? And could you give us some practical examples? Yes. Well, it's funny because people think it's super helpful to say, call me if you need anything. But mm-hmm. that that doesn't give somebody any idea of when to call. So they never call. So it's most helpful if we offer something specific. So maybe, hey, I'm going to drop off a meal of spaghetti and a salad on Wednesday. Does that work? Mm -hmm. And they can say, one, you know, we're gluten-free or, you Mm -hmm. know, we're vegan or, hey, Wednesday doesn't work, but Thursday would be great. So as we are specific, then people know, hey, they want to drop off a meal. And, you know, can I walk your dog on Wednesday? You know, if we give them the dates and the blocks of time, then they can tell us if that helps or isn't helpful. And somebody gave me an idea, which I actually have on my blog this week, which is offer something like, hey, I have Wednesday afternoon free. I can either help you run errands or I can run them for you Uh or I can babysit your kids so you can be alone and run the errands. So just give them the choice because you don't know what they want. So they may want somebody just to get it. They may want the company. And Uh so they may want you to go with them. Or they may want you to watch their kids so they can do it. So just as many options as you can give people, the better. One little thing a friend of mine said is somebody said to her, hey, I I would love to do your laundry every Friday. And my friend was like, well, laundry's not that big a deal. I can Uh do it. And she said, well, I love laundry. Just put all the family's laundry in a big basket. And she did. And this friend returned it all folded and sorted or Uh whatever she thought was the right sorting. And my friend said that was an unbelievable gift that she wouldn't have even thought of. Mm-hmm. But this friend said it's a helpful thing for other people and she can do it in her own house. Like she just doesn't have a lot of time, but she's home with her kids. And so she could pick up the laundry and do it. So just thinking through what can you really offer and offering it specifically is an incredible gift for people. Then they don't have to think what do they need? You're offering them things. Right. So they're specific with certain times that really work for you. So as the person making the offer, mind you, it's always going to be something extra, but this is something that can actually work into your life. So you could do it. It's sustainable for you, the person giving the options, you know, who's, who's offering. So it's, it's specific. It's something that can work into your life and that you're giving choices so you can see what works into the person who's hurting's life as well. Wonderful. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't feel as onerous. I think sometimes we don't offer because we're not sure, well, they're going to want more than we can give. And so we don't give anything, which Mm. is so sad. Whereas we might even say, hey, I have an hour. I can do some research for you. Because sometimes when you're struggling, you need somebody to even just, what's a good funeral home? How do I write an obituary? I mean, Mm. there's those very simple things or... 
I'm trying to find the best OBGYN because I, I have a, a, a struggle. If you offer a block of time and offer some things you can do, often it's it's a very simple thing and it doesn't take over your life. And And I have found that is immeasurably helpful. Mm, wonderful. Now, we talked about this a little bit about actually the things we say. And I know we have to stay away from platitudes and even scripture verses that don't meet our friend's need at the time. They're still truthful, but they don't meet the situation well. So what are some helpful ways we can communicate with our friend in pain? One way I think is most helpful is really sharing either Bible verses or just ways that God has met us when we talk to them. I think if we just sort of throw out, oh, don't forget this verse, Romans 8, 28, I think that feels like a hammer. But Uh when we sit with people and say, when I was struggling, this verse met me and this is why. And these are the promises I say over and over again. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, one really simple verse is Psalm 23, verse 4, which a lot of people have memorized. But, you know, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And I share with people when I am going through what feels unthinkable. I just remember God is walking with me. And that changes things, knowing that I don't need to be afraid. So I think giving the verse and then giving how God has met you Mm -hmm. in the verse is a very different thing than just sort of throwing out a verse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And other ways that we can help people with our words is by just talking to them maybe about the person that they lost. People usually want to say the name of the person that they lost. When my son died, I loved it when people said, I loved Paul, I I met your son. Mm. Asking questions about people. I think our biggest fear when someone dies is everyone's going to forget them and move on. And so remembering them can be a huge gift. Mm -hmm. And Mm. encouraging people in their suffering when people, you know, I'm divorced when my ex-husband left our family when people said hey you're doing a great job as a single mom like i see that you were really caring for your kids that was huge for me and just the little encouragements people can offer when they see you're struggling and yet you're being faithful Mm -hmm. means a lot that affirmation yes Mm -hmm. yeah 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 and just reminding them that this life isn't all there is and that god is going to walk them through every moment has really been encouraging to me when people said, you know, God is watching you, God is with you, and Uh He will walk you through every moment of your life. Mm. So there's just so many ways we can encourage people through Scripture, just through encouraging them with what we see in their life and maybe talking about their loved one Mm -hmm. if somebody has died. Mm -hmm. And it's so good to hear that from someone who's lived through it to say, yes, it's okay, right? Because those of us who haven't lived through a particular struggle frequently feel awkward about that. We remain silent because we haven't been given that permission. And so you're giving us that permission to mention that person. Right. And I think if people are not sure, like if somebody sort of shies away from talking about things, I think people welcome the opportunity to say whether they're comfortable or not. Say, hey, I I feel super awkward. I want to talk about the person that died. I don't know if this would be awkward for you if you'd rather not talk about it or if you'd like to. And people are really willing Mm -hmm. to answer that. So I think being as frank with somebody as you can and saying, I want to do this well, can you help me do it well? Mm -hmm. Rather than avoiding, because what we often do is avoid. We don't want to bring it up. We don't want to make eye contact because we think we're going to say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And being honest about being nervous and wanting to be there and do the right thing 
puts people at ease because we're all people and we're happy to tell others what's helpful if they ask and give us a choice. Right. We put ourselves, those of us who want to help, in a position of humility. And yes. even if we've misstepped, I'm wondering if that's just more easily forgiven, you know, because we're saying, hey, we don't know what we're doing. I'm asking you. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on my knee wanting to offer something to you. And is this the thing you want? You know, are you comfortable with that? So, yes. Very nice. Exactly. Yeah. So I know we need to bring this to a close, but Vanita, if people listening haven't reached out to a friend, a friend that's hurting because they're concerned that they're going to do something wrong or they're going to say something wrong, how would you encourage those of us? I would say just reach out. And as we said, tell them, hey, I don't know what the right thing is for you. I want to show up at your house. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. And and show up often. Some people are private and they don't want you to to come to their home or go to the hospital. So I would ask, but I would offer that right away and just show up and just be honest with people. Listen more than you speak. Unless somebody says, I really want to hear. Can you tell me? Offer your own experiences rather than mm-hmm. sort of preaching at people. Most people in pain don't want to be preached at, but they do want somebody to walk beside them. And encourage them. And and I would also say it's never too late. If something really hard happened to a friend and it's been months even, you mm-hmm. can still reach out. Don't think, oh, I wasn't there in the middle of the crisis. I can't be there now. It's never too late to reach out and just say, hey, I am so sorry I didn't reach out. I didn't know what to say and do, mm-hmm. but I want to be here. People will welcome that at any time. Mm. I do remember a friend who went through a great difficulty and she had read and found it to be true that there are some people who are built for the crisis, for the moment, for the waiting room, the food train in the immediate. And there's some other ones who more often are good for the long haul. I mean, they're just wired for that regular visit through the long months afterward. And it could very well be that a friend who is hurting has had some people fall off. And even though you feel like you're late to coming to help you may be taking the place of someone who was regular in communication at the beginning and hasn't continued. So yes, right. yeah, it, you may be the person for that time in your friend's life. Yes, because people drop off. I mean, in the heat of a crisis, everybody's there. Or a lot of people are there. And then people drop off quickly. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't step in and you're feeling guilty, this may be the Lord calling you to say, hey, just call. Say, I'm sorry I wasn't there. What can I do now? And that may make all the difference in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. What wisdom. Hard won, but what wisdom. Thank you, Vanitha, for joining me here today on Inside Out. Thank you for having me. My guest has been Vanitha Rendell Reisner, author of Desperate for Hope, a seven-week study on suffering. She also has a new blog post, Five Things to Say and Five Things Not to Say, that you can find at Vanitha.com. That's V-A-N-E-E-T-H-A. I'm Martha Manikas Foster with Inside Out on Family Life 105.5.